Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. Well, welcome to Vintage Church. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin Turner. I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church. And we are, we're kicking off a brand new, not only series, but really a vision for 2021 called Deep and Wide. Deep and Wide. And really, I want you to think about this as we kick off Deep and Wide. We think about what that means and what it's going to look like for our lives. What I want you to think about, and this is a question that I asked a few months ago, was who are you becoming? And really, who does God want you to become? Because that's what we're going to be thinking about as we think about deep and wide. And not only we're going to be thinking about who God wants us to become, but we're really going to be looking at the how. How does God want us to become who he wants us to become? And honestly, I want to take a moment. Pastor Weaver briefly mentioned just everything going on in our world, right? This week has been a crazy week, and I think... Uh, many times we kind of, we, we've been saying that a lot lately, right? Uh, this week has been a crazy week, but this week really has been a crazy week. And I thought about this question of who we're becoming in light of everything going on in our country. And really our country, us as citizens of the United States of America, asking ourselves, God, who do you want us to be? Because what we see in our world is a lot of division and a lot of hate and a lot of anything polarizing. And so before we kick off this sermon, I really just want to take a moment and simply pray for our country. So let's bow our heads just briefly and pray to the Lord for our country. Father, we love you. And God, we're thankful to call the United States our home, God. It's part of your grace in our lives, God, that we would be born in this incredible nation. But God, at the same time, we recognize that our country, our world is broken. God, we've seen some pretty crazy things this week. Probably, God, to be honest, things that we thought we would never see. And my prayer, God, our prayer as your church, Vintage Church, is simply, God, that we would turn to you. God, that we would seek after you, we would seek after what you want, and we would live our lives according to the way that you want us to live. God, restore peace, restore order. God, restore love to our country. We love you. We thank you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we think about who we're becoming, ultimately what I want you to recognize is this, and we're going to talk about this multiple times throughout deep and wide. We should be people who want to not only be like Jesus, but have Jesus living in and through us. Now, if you're new to Jesus, what I want you to know is this reality, that there's no greater, there's no better, there's no more fulfilling of a life than living in Jesus and allowing Jesus to live in and through you. But the question for us is, how are we going to be able to do that? How can we be like the Apostle Paul 
and say, not I that lives, but Christ lives in me, or that I have crucified my flesh. And that's why we're going to be looking at how we can go deep and wide. Now, I want to encourage you, one of the things that you received from us this week or you got when you came in was this booklet. You're going to get one of these every quarter of this year. And you're going to find a ton of stuff. There's some information about why we're doing Deep and Wide. There's a, a section that I wrote on the power of spiritual habits. But I really want you to turn a few pages in to page 8 and 9. Right there, for the next three weeks, you're going to find a skeleton of my sermon notes as well as space for where you can take more notes, because there's going to be more notes on the screen, more things that I say that aren't in this book. Also, if you turn just a few pages over, you're going to find our V-group discussion on pages, uh, starting on page 16. So if you're in a V group, a small group of 10 to 20 people that meets throughout the city, you're going to have that as your guide as well. And then we're going to talk later in a few weeks about the practice that's in this book as well. But that's where you can find sermon notes and all kinds of resources. So I want to encourage you, take notes while you are listening. Here is what we want to do through Deep and Wide. Vintage Church will grow deep by focusing on who we are becoming in Jesus, and at the same time, we'll grow wide by focusing on who we are inviting into Jesus. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at Jesus. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. If you're new to the Bible, it is one of the first books in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. And here's kind of the the main idea that I want you to get, that we're going to see from Luke chapter 6. Jesus modeled the rhythm of the Christian life, deep and wide. Jesus modeled the rhythm of the Christian life both deep and wide. So let's look at Luke 6, starting in verse 12. Here's what Luke writes. In these days, he, that's Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon who was called a zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor. Verse 17, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. So, first question, how did Jesus go deep? How did Jesus go deep? Jesus went deep by retreating for intimacy with the Father. Jesus retreated for intimacy with the Father. Look at verse 12. 
Verse 12, at the very beginning of this passage, and we can, if we're honest and we're reading this passage, we can quickly skip over what Luke is reminding us of. In these days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Now, there's some things about the prayer life of Jesus. Number one, withdrawing to pray was a regular habit for Jesus. It was a common thing. In fact, in just a chapter earlier, Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Luke writes this, but Jesus, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And the verb tense of the word would pray, what it means is the idea is that this was a regular practice. This wasn't Jesus came to this magnificent moment where he had to get away and he had to be with the Father. No, on a regular, continual, ongoing basis, Jesus would get away from everybody else and he would pray and spend time with the Father. So he regularly retreated. He withdrew often to pray. At the same time, withdrawing to pray was Jesus' first response. When he came to big moments in life, that was the first thing that he did. Listen to what one commentator says about Jesus' prayer life. In Luke, Jesus prays before or during the most significant events of his life, and especially at decisive junctures in the unfolding of the plan of salvation. As I was studying in the Gospel of Luke and Jesus' prayer life, here's what I noticed, and it's exactly what this commentator said. When, you, when Jesus goes to get baptized, before he is baptized, what does he do? He prays. Before, when he's in the wilderness, before he begins his ministry, what is he doing? praying we just read it in luke chapter 6 before he chooses his disciples what does he do he prays before his transfiguration what does he do he prays before his crucifixion he's in the garden of gethsemane with his disciples what is he doing he's praying before every major significant moment in his life in ministry jesus steps away retreats to be with the Father, to spend intimate moments with His Father in heaven. Now, let's think about your own life. Before significant moments, what are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm planning, and I'm preparing, and I'm strategizing. Maybe some of you are sitting anxiously trying to figure out what's next. That's not what Jesus was doing. He knew that the most important thing He could do was to withdraw to be with the Father. And, and lastly, withdrawing to pray for Jesus included silence, listening, and God's answer. Look at the very end of verse 13. It says, And all night he continued in prayer to God. And this idea of praying or in prayer to God means it includes all of these things. There's moments when he is, yes, speaking and talking to God, but at the same time, there are moments when he's silent. And he's silent because he's listening. He's not just talking. It's a dialogue. It's a communication. And as he is speaking and as he is listening, God is answering him. These are all the things that we learn about 
the life of Jesus and his prayer life and how significant it is. And see, Jesus understood prayer like you and I understand sleep. I mean, if you study and you know anything about sleep, every single human being needs six to eight hours of sleep every night. Some of you need 12 hours of sleep every night, right? (laughs) Some of you like to sleep a lot. We all need sleep. But you ever been in those moments when you've been sleep deprived and you've you've tried to like reach your max capacity of being awake before you sleep and literally your eyes are just kind of like drooping. The other night, last night actually, uh, my son Gabe came home, we were here and they were doing school online and he was so exhausted and so, I wouldn't let him get on technology or turn the TV on so he was just laying on the couch and within like 10 minutes he just passed out, Right? That's what we learn from Jesus, this reality that just as much as we need sleep, Jesus modeled that we need prayer, that we need moments to be with the Father. Now, here's what I want you to think about, because this this question really gets at a question for us. Why did Jesus go deep? Why did he go deep? Two things that I think we see from the Gospels understanding the life of Jesus. Number one, as the Son, Jesus had to intentionally pursue a relationship with the Father. Now, that's crazy, right? Because here's what we know about Jesus. Jesus is not only fully human, he is also fully God, And part of what we know when we read from Genesis to Revelation is this truth and reality about who God is, that God is both one and at the same time he's three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is a perfect Trinitarian relationship. So what I'm saying, what the scriptures teach us about God is that the Father and the Son have this perfect, unbreakable relationship where they're experiencing the greatest amount of intimacy between one another. And yet Jesus, in the Gospels, shows us that he has to intentionally pursue that kind of intimacy. Jesus is the one getting away. Jesus is the one modeling for his disciples, modeling for us what true intimacy, what it looks like to go deep. And listen, I don't think he's doing that just to model it. I think he's doing it because he's showing us he had to intentionally pursue the Father. But at the same time, Jesus went deep because as the Son, Jesus had to intentionally pursue dependence upon the Father. Jesus recognized that although he is God, he needed the Father and the power of God in his life. That's why you see Jesus pray at every significant moment in his life. Before his baptism, before his ministry, before his crucifixion. He knew he needed the Father. I mean, think about what we just read in Luke chapter 6. He spent the entire night in prayer to do what? To make a decision. To simply make a decision in who he would choose to be his 12 apostles. What Jesus was demonstrating was dependence upon the Father because Jesus didn't want to make a decision without first 
looking to the Father and asking the Father, God, what should I do? So he intentionally pursued dependence upon the Father. So with that being said, what is our need for depth? In the same way, I think it's about, number one, our relationship with God, and number two, our dependence upon God. That just if Jesus, who is both fully human and fully God, intentionally pursued a relationship and dependence upon the Father, then we too must do the same thing. We too must intentionally pursue that relationship. We too must intentionally pursue that dependence. Think about any relationship that you have. No relationship comes naturally. Even if you are madly in love with your spouse or significant other, even if you deeply love your own kids, even if you have this incredible friendship, it requires work. It requires time. It requires effort. It requires intentionality. It doesn't come accidentally. And our relationship with with the Father is the same way. There's work to be done. There's things to be done to be done and completed and 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 we've got to work at it at the same time we have to be dependent upon god because so many of us myself included try to do things in our own power we think we're pretty smart we think we're pretty innovative we think we're pretty independent but we're really not everything everything in life is dependent upon the Father. Listen to what one author says about dependence upon God. She writes this, The capacity to recognize the voice of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit arises out of friendship with God that is sustained through what? Prayer. Silent listening and attentiveness to all that is going on outside us, inside us, and between us and God. That relationship, that being able to hear the voice of God and experience the ministry of God is about being dependent upon God, hearing His voice. Jesus, I think, said it best in John 15 when He's talking to His apostles before He goes to the cross. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Now, come on, it's on the screen. You can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Jesus doesn't say, hey, listen, you can do this and this and this on your own, but everything else you need me. Jesus says, you can't do anything without me. If If that doesn't mean dependence, I don't know what does. Right? One of the things that I love about my kids being nine and six right now is that they're beginning to become self-sufficient. <laughs> so I don't have to do everything for them. They can begin to do things on their own. But I remember when they were little babies, when they could do nothing on their own. They were completely dependent on me and their mom. That's the kind of dependence that God is wanting from us. Which is why we part we go deep because we need to be with the father so we see that jesus went 
deep. But what I want you to understand is that Jesus didn't go deep just to go deep. Jesus went deep also to go wide. So how did Jesus go wide? Here's what we see in this passage in Luke chapter 6. Jesus went wide because he was released to minister to people. He retreated for intimacy with the Father by going deep, and he went wide by being released to minister to people. Go back and look at Luke chapter 6. In verse 13 and verse 18, we see two things that I think are connected to his intimacy with the Father. So he prays all night. And then verse 13, when day came, he called his disciples. His disciples were not just the 12. It was the whole crowd, all the people that were following Jesus. He called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. What is that? That's decision-making. So part of his ministry, part of him going wide, was he had an important decision to make. But also, look at verse 18. What Luke writes about Jesus is he came down, he chose his apostles, and then he came to a a level playing field, and he began to teach, and he began to heal. People came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So Jesus goes deep to be intimate with the Father, to retreat and be with God, and he comes out of that deep moment to a wide moment when he makes an important decision about his ministry, when he teaches, and when he heals people. Jesus went deep to go wide. And the reason that Jesus went wide, I really think narrowed down to two real important reasons. Number one, as the Son, Jesus understood the mission of God. Jesus was not oblivious to why he came to earth, why he is God and came to earth and put on flesh. He knew that he came for the redemption of the world. When we talk about the gospel, that's what we talk about. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, that God saw us in our predicament, the fact that we are sinful, broken people in need of forgiveness, in need of our sin being removed, but not being able to remove that sin in our own power. Did I say we're dependent upon God, right? So, God saw that predicament, sent his son Jesus, Jesus put on flesh, lived a perfect life, and went to the cross dying for our sins and resurrecting from the grave. That's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. And what the scriptures say is our response to that message is repentance, turning away from the way we have been living, turning to Jesus, trusting that his death and resurrection will save us, and then demonstrating that faith through baptism. Jesus knew what his mission was. He knew what he had come for. One one writer says this about Jesus' prayer life, and I think it's so powerful. It perhaps maybe changes the way you think about prayer. Listen to what she says. She says, for Luke... The focus of prayer is on God's kingdom. Jesus' disciples are to pray for God's rule and reign, a prayer that includes them in God's kingdom purposes as well. Prayer is less about presenting a list of 
personal wishes to God and more about coming to understand what God is doing and asking for the strength and courage to participate in that work. Think back to the Lord's Prayer. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And what's one of the things that Jesus tells them to pray? They're praying to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, what Jesus modeled is that, yes, he was going to be with the Father and go deep and have that intimate relational moment, but at the same time, part of his prayer life was connected to the ministry that God had called him to. That he wasn't just going deep to go deep, but he was going deep to also go wide. He understood why he had come which really, I think, connects us to this other reason Jesus went wide. As the Son, He not only understood the mission of God, but He obeyed the will of God. So part of Him going wide is this reality that God had called Him to be a part of God's mission, but part of that required obedience on Jesus' part, that Jesus would do what God wanted Him to do. At the end of Jesus' earthly life, When he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does Jesus pray? Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. Part of what Jesus is getting at is, doesn't Jesus, God, I don't want to die, but I don't want it to be about my will. I want it to be about your will, Father. And so part of Jesus going wide was that he would obey, that he would listen to the Father and be obedient to what God had called him to. So in the same way, I think Jesus models for us why we have a need for width, why we have to go wide. Number one, because of the mission of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, God has saved you and commissioned you for work. The, 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 the call of salvation, the gospel, is not just your get-out-of-hell-free card. It's not just, okay, God made me right. No, listen, with that salvation comes responsibilities. Right? I mean, my kids, right? The older my kids get, it's not just about what they can get from mom and dad, but it's what they can help mom and dad with. So when when a follower of Jesus gets baptized, what they're doing is they're publicly professing their faith to everyone present, including God. But that baptism is not just a profession of faith. It's a commissioning into the service that God has called them to. It's saying, listen, I'm not just going to believe in God and say he's my father and Jesus is my savior, but I'm going to be about his work. If if you know Jesus, that's what you've been called to, the mission of God. You are a part of God's redemptive work in our world. To make all things that are wrong, right. So just as Jesus is part of the mission of God, we too are a part of that mission as well. Listen, the Christian life is not just about you. It's not just about us. Yes, God is doing work in you. He's doing work in me. He's doing work in us. 
The Christian life is ultimately about God and His will and His glory. What God wants. But in the same way, to go wide is about the will of God. So if God has involved us in His mission, then part of His will is that we would obey Him. That we would do what he says. Why? I say this all the time. And I think part of the reason I tell you is because I need to be reminded of it. God always has our best in mind. And so listen, if God has our best in mind, then what God tells us to do is what? Our best. We should do it. That's why we obey the will of God. Everything going on in our world right now, right? What we just prayed about. Listen, the will of God is not about hate. The will of God is about love. Sharing Jesus with other people, serving people who are in need, loving people, caring for people, that's the will of God. That's the deep work that God has called you and I to. And we are about the mission of God when we obey the will of God. So Jesus demonstrated for us that the rhythm of the Christian life is to both go deep and wide. And so what I want to share with you in just the remaining minutes that I have is how will we, as Vintage Church, go deep and wide in 2021? Right, it's tied to, again, this reality. Who do you want to become? Right, part of, this is, is, part of this is trying to become who Jesus wants us to become and at the same time inviting others into Jesus. And every time we talk about that, what we're talking about on one end is practicing spiritual habits. Now, here's the thing. There's nothing magical about the spiritual habits. It's not like if you do this, hocus pocus, you become who God wants you to become. But there is power in the habits. Listen to what Dallas Willard says about spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits. He says, as to means of grace, he's talking about the disciplines, placed in our hands, well-directed action is the key. The disciplines of the spiritual life are simply practices that prove to be effectual in enabling us to increase the grace of God in our lives. I really want to encourage you. I shared with you one of the things that I wrote in this booklet that's just a few pages in length is the power of spiritual habits. And that's what I'm really trying to get at in these few pages is why should we practice the spiritual habits? few months ago when we were in our Becoming series, I talked about what a plant needs to survive. I don't know if you remember that analogy, but I talked about it needs good soil, right? It needs water. It needs sunlight. And if you put the plant where it can get all three of those things, it does what? It grows. And the spiritual habits are the same way for us. If we practice the spiritual habits, it's not the spiritual habits that are changing us. But it's the grace of God in our lives that's changing us. But the only way that we get the grace of God is by putting ourselves 
in front of the grace of God, which is why the spiritual habits are so important. So how are we going to go deep? How are we going to go wide in this year? You're going to see uh, a graphic there on the screen. This is so important. Number one, because there are dates. Those are dates that we're going to be talking about deep and wide throughout this year. In every quarter, we're going to be focusing on one key deep spiritual habit and one key wide spiritual habit. So in the next two weeks, next week, I'm going to talk about a rule of life and how we craft a rule of life. You might be saying, what in the world's a rule of life? Come back next week. I'm going to explain all of that. Then the following week, we're going to talk about the wide habit of evangelism. In quarter two, we're going to talk about the deep habit of silence and solitude. Some of you are already concerned because there's not a moment in your life when you sit, are sitting in silence and solitude. Some of you are like, sign me up, I'm ready for that one. So the deep habit of silence and solitude, the wide habit of service. In quarter three, the deep habit of Bible reading and prayer and the wide habit of generosity. And lastly, at the end of the year, we're going to look at the deep habit of community and the wide habit of hospitality. And we are going to focus in on those eight spiritual habits, begin to practice those habits, and watch God use those habits to change us into the person and the people He wants us to become. Now, I want to encourage you, one of the things that we're going to do every quarter is we're going to have some sort of equip night, conversation, something that gives you a little bit more on each one of these habits. And so there's some dates that you're going to see. On February 21st, we're going to have an equip night right here at 5 p.m. on the rule of life. I'm going to help you craft your own rule of life that will guide your spiritual growth. And then on March 21st, we're going to have a conversation on evangelism. You're going to hear from some people that have shared their faith, that actively share their faith, and things that they're learning from, ways that they're growing to share their faith. Here's our goal at the end of this year. By the end of the year, we're praying that every vintage partner will implement and practice at least four deep and or wide habits. Because here's what I believe. I believe if you take just four of these habits and really begin to build them into your life, God is going to use those habits to transform you, to change who you are becoming and also change the people around you as you invite them into Jesus. Now, here's what I want to kind of close with. I want to close with some concerns. I really have two concerns for us. I feel like when we, when we talk about going deep and we talk about going wide, for some of us, the challenge is we don't see a need to go wide. We don't see a need to share our faith. We don't see a need to serve other people. We don't see a need to be a part of the mission of God. And I pray that this year challenges that that you would see and that you would understand every single one of us have been called by God to go wide. 
And at the same time, my, my second concern is that for some of us, we think that we have no need to go deep. That maybe we think we've arrived, right? That we've got this spiritual depth and we've come to this place where we're as deep as we're ever going to go with the Father. We're as intimate as if we're ever going to be with the Father. And what I want to challenge all of us is that our life should, we should see this balance of being both deep and wide. My prayer for us is that we would never stop thinking about who God wants us to become. Not, not to hold it over our heads and think like we're never going to get there, we're never going to be good enough, but instead to challenge us to seek the Father more. To do the work of the Father more. Because here's the reality, Jesus knew who God wanted him to become. Do you know who God wants you to become? And so in 2021, will you go deep? And in 2021, will you go wide? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much, Father, that you have loved us. Father, we thank you for the model that Jesus has set out for us. God, what it looked like to retreat for intimacy with the Father and at the same time to be released to minister to people, to model this deep and wide life. God, that's my prayer for Vintage Church this year, Father, that we would... God, we would look at our own lives and we would begin to identify where we need to go deep or how we need to go deep and where we need to go wide or how we need to go wide. We would do the things you need us to do, Father, to become who you want us to become in Jesus and to invite who you want us to invite into Jesus. So help us now, Father, as we respond to you love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.